Yeah, so this 17 HMR, new gun I got, is sweet, mate. Wait right there, I'll just grab a little target here. Kind of a bit more of a reference. So a lot of these, I've just got a picture of a target here with just a load of bullseyes or circles on it sort of thing. And um, pretty much you can use it to test ammo or compare other ammo. But um, if we look at the top row here, they've all kind of got, you know, an inch to two inch gaps or less of a group. When I go into the 17s, it's just so much smaller every time. And mate, so so this this sheet you're holding up with the the mini targets on it, are you like how how far away is this to you? Um, probably like thirty feet. That the whole just that one sheet with all the different little targets, and you kind yeah. of go through little targets hitting them. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. I never kind of I don't think I've ever seen a sheet like that. Yeah, some of the guys use it there, and it's probably like a two and a half inch circle, mm. something like that. Would you reckon? Yeah. These ones up here, they're all a good brand I'm using, but pretty much they're all touching each other. Well, that's that's five shots. This is something I've learned, like with the semi-automatic, like I was kind of explaining, I would have thought that you would kind of get more accuracy because you can kind of get it in that point, quick, yeah. bang, bang. Where this other one, bang, load, you've moved, you've got to steady it again. I don't know what it is, but it's more even and more accurate every time. Obviously, the way the bullet flies, it's got an actual point, like a pointed tip on the bullet, compared to like a twenty-two that has more of like a rounded tip. Right. And, and just the speed, it's over double the speed, and it really just makes that thing so accurate. When you're firing it, mate, can you tell the difference in the speed of it? Yes. Like, do you know, do you know what I mean? It, in terms of the, it hitting the impact and you hearing it or registering it or whatever. Oh, mate. Big like, difference. Just try and describe that because I don't think I, I've like yeah. shot enough guns to really um, like be able to figure out timing and the difference in after you've pulled the trigger, you know? Uh, yeah, I've got these two bullets here for reference. Obviously, you can see them, but the others can't. got the 22 here and the 17 HMR here pretty much the same diameter of case and uh, the bullet's actually bigger in the 22 but the pointed tip and the way it's been pinched at the top has been uh, necked down mm -hmm. just creates that even more pressure like back pressure chamber pressure but yeah when you're firing 22s generally unless you've got sensitive hearing you could take your take your hear your, your earbuds out or your hearing defenders and yeah it's loud but it's not really that loud it's not going to make you jump or flinch where this on the other hand is just that extra bit louder you can hear the difference so you wouldn't want to not wear your ears all the time and it has i wouldn't say double the kick but i would say not far from it when you're shooting a 22 the gun kind of jumps back as if you're shooting like a paintball gun or something. You know, you have that little movement, but mm. it's a bit louder. But the 17 is more of a quick, quick nudge in your shoulder. Like you're, you're very aware something's happening. You can hear kind of, you can almost hear speed if that makes sense. So here's, here's a good way to explain uh, the speed and power, mate. So when we're doing a hundred yard shot, that's over 100 meters. It's like 105 meters or something like that. 
when I'm shooting the 22, the bullet will drop at least six inches, pretty much. And if I, so I aim at a metal target, let's say a 12 inch metal target at 100 yards, I'll have to aim pretty much directly at the top and it'll hit just about a third down. And I will pretty much see, I will shoot and then see this, uh, see the point of impact appear, which they're all painted targets, so it'll knock the paint off and it'll be a bare metal colour. And you could almost see that delay, you'll shoot and then you'll hear it and you would see it appear. And the 17, you'll shoot, you'll see it appear and then you'll hear it. So it's travelling that much faster than the sound is going. Yeah. Like you could, I suppose you could always count it in blinks. You know, how many blinks would it take for it to kind of like hit the target or whatever, half yeah, blink this, or whatever, you know? Yeah, exactly. And this one, mate, is hitting, hitting on your blink like you can't beat it. Yeah. Um, it's shooting 2,500 feet a second, which is really fucking quick. Um, these things are effective. Like I was saying to you guys, I set up some targets last week, taking it out outside of the range to do a bit more long range. I had a target of 50 yards, 100 yards, and 200 yards. And uh, I think if I was trying to hit a 200 yard target or can with a 22, probably take me a couple of hours of just aiming stupidly high, you know, two or three foot higher. <laughs> and it you, would, you're not even going to point kind of dive, dive down yeah. and hit the target. Exactly. <laughs> With the 22 in my scope, I'm literally just aiming like barely a hair above it. Yeah. And uh, yes, chalk and cheese made a huge, huge difference. Your new super scope you've got, mate. Yeah. Like, can you tell the difference in that as well? Do you know what I mean? Is yes. there a big difference in stepping up from like a, you know, a standard scope that is, you know, probably a decent amount of money, but nothing crazy and then you you step up a couple of rungs and you really tell the difference in yeah. performance yeah let me um let me quickly grab it uh, yeah cool can I explain it a bit easier because i think most people can relate to scopes really makes if you think about you know sunglasses or glasses yeah windows you know everyone can kind of get the idea of glass being clear and magnified clearly yeah, so, definitely. And, you know, with a pair of sunglasses, mate, you wear a nice pair of sunglasses, it almost brings up definition. And if you wear a shit pair, it kind of dulls everything down. Yeah. And, and you know, the better the glasses and the better the kind of the engineering in the scope is, everything just gets more defined, more HD. Yeah. Still keeping the light coming into the into the glass as well. Like it's a proper technical fucking part of the a part of shooting. Exactly. Yeah, there can be a, a real big difference, especially when it's coming into light what it's letting in and magnification and everything. Um, I'll see if I can show you what my scope looks like on a 22. I don't know if you'll be able to see. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, it's, it's coming. It yeah, you nearly had it. Yeah. So pretty nice. much just got a big crosshair and in the middle it would go a little bit thinner. So for the listeners, Will is holding up his scope through his, his camera on his end in Canada and I'm looking through the other end of it. Uh, in my end in England, which is, yeah, it's pretty cool, mate. <laughs> and uh, I can zoom that in, give it a little bit of a zoom. But it's pretty basic. And uh, it does a great job for the 22 and the, and the 17 
up to about the hundred yard mark, but you're barely uh, you're not seeing anything in focus really anymore. You're you're uh, you've got a bit of a blurred image, which when you're ta- doing small targets can be really hard. When you're doing kind of bigger stuff, not so much of a problem. With the newer scope here, it's got a little bit more adjustments. Um, I can zoom in a hell of a lot more. And I've also got like a parallax at the top, which is kind of focusing the distance of whatever my target is away. So I could put it on like 15 yards, 20, 25, 30, all the way up until uh, past 150 yards. Um, which just kind of gives you a clearer image of what we're looking through. Um, hopefully I can you can get a better look in this one. Cause... Oh yeah, we're getting there. Yeah, I can see through it now, yeah. Kind of, yeah, kind of hard to see the actual uh, definition of the target, mate. But as I was, I don't know if I uh, was explaining to you guys, I've got an app that goes with this scope, and a lot of scopes come with an app. This is what it looks like exactly on the inside without the red numbers. Yep. So uh, this calculator, you can put in what bullet you're using and how heavy it weighs and it will calculate for you what the distance is so in that middle of the cross that's where you would zero it in so you would it, zero that in to 100 yards yeah i was gonna say that's 100 yards right yeah next one down is telling me at that distance it's 221 yards 300 400 all the way up so instead of putting you know the cross on your target you'd put the next crosshair down and this can change so i've got this magnification at the bottom and you let's say you're zoomed in well all, the, all these numbers are going to change again right mm-hmm. so uh a lot of them will help you out on that and the more of a scope you get you can have full tree diagrams depending on the wind you could hold it to the left this way to the right that way sort of thing wow but as you can kind of see the other one is just just across where that can it be actually calculated? It's got a lot more behind it than just X marks the spot. And does it feel good once you've kind of referenced, you know, cross-referenced it, looked at the yardage or whatever, you know, you know I mean, for your crosshair? Yep. Does that really help you shooting as well, knowing, you know what I mean? You're kind of like, you're just, you're at, four, you know, you're trying to hit a 300-yard target. I'm going to trust, I'm going to trust yep. it, going to go on that. Do you, do you kind of, get rewarded with it if you follow it mate yes um obviously like i was kind of saying you know that was that when i took it out and put these targets out at 100 and 200 whatever yards it's kind of my first time shooting anything more than 100 yards and especially like pacing it out i've got a little range finder so it will tell me exactly how far away it is got everything all set up and uh yeah i was able to get myself right in there of the 100 yards and be accurate for it, which uh, I've never really been able to do at 100 yards. It's always been, I can hit around here, and if I'm dropping six inches, I'll aim six inches high, but never really oh, bullseye in a target, like that sort of thing with a nice. 22. Nice. With the 17, I've got on one of the targets, I put, I think I put it up on, on our little group chat, I've got these little tiny circles that I was nailing 
um, from 100 yards away, which you'd be pretty happy if he was doing that at like 50 yards. So to do that at double the distance and within like 10 shots, having it dialed in to that, hitting a can and stuff like that, really good. And then stretching it out to the 200. It's almost you kind of like, I don't know if I'm actually going to be able to do this. You know, you just watch a video or someone doing it, making it look easy. And you're like, have I got the right shit for this? I don't know anything about the wind and all that. So a lot of it is just kind of seeing what happens. And yeah, honestly, mate, you know, I showed you guys the video and uh, I hit a can at 200 yards and the target 200 yards where I wanted it to be instantly, pretty much. I yes. hit a can within four shots. This 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 video is pretty cool and... We just we've got a kind of a fairly close up of the can. Will's kind of set it up for us. Hits yeah. this can. This can fucking explodes. You yeah. could have asked for a better. What's in that can, mate? Because that was like a red. Is that like cherry aid or something? What the fuck's no, in there? Um, so it's one of those crushes or whatever. It's actually like a cream soda. That's what it was. Mm. But yeah, doesn't look like it with that sort of color. It looks like it's going to be a bit more fruity or something. Yeah. Playing with, you know, playing with guns responsibly, but playing with them, that's the sort of shit you want to see. Something explode like that, have a bit of fun yeah. with it, you know. Well, that's it. And especially when you're newer to things, you've got a bit more, well, I don't know what this is going to look like, really. Do you know what I mean? Especially with a s- smaller bullet, you don't know if it's just going to pierce a hole in it and it's just going to, like, piss out that hole or yep. if it is going to bang or whatever. So, yeah, really you fun. get the old uh, watermelon out, mate. It'd be ent- I, I, to be honest, I think it's going to be burying a hole in it, maybe, maybe coming out the other side. Depending on how close. But yeah, you never know, mate. I'll be out there with some fruit and veg next week, mate. <laughs> Line five different little fruits up, mate. You know, start of like a An apple. you know, a lime, then get to an orange, apple. <laughs> but yeah, and uh yesterday I was at the shooting range. I thought, all right, then let's do some real targeting with the seventeen and see if I can hit some coins at a hundred yards. Because that's when you know you're dialed in. If you can hit something that's smaller than an inch, you're in there. You know, it's not a fluke anymore. And yeah, mate, I got myself set up on the 50, hit that really quick. And I hit a dime and uh, caught her at 100 yards and did it really quick. So super stoked on that. Obviously, the gun's nice and sighted in and accurate. And uh, kind of one of those little proud moments, mate. You know, when when you're skating, you're learning a trick or anything in life you're kind of you know putting all your juju and your energy into accomplishing something and you do it and you get that little you know like you want to have a little yeah celebration sort of thing and uh, I was really stoked about it like I've never haven't had that sort of level of stoke from a gun yet other than just maybe a bit of adrenaline or just yeah. like a good vibe this could so be like your this could be like your first kick flip or heel flip, mate. You know, you flip exactly. the board. It's one of those things. You know, you've you know you've had a gun in your hands. You've got a decent amount of knowledge about guns. Yeah. Shot a few guns, but you only know you're a certain level of a, of a skateboarder if you've committed. And you know, I know people learn kick flips pretty quickly these days, but it's one of those tricks. You know, it could make or break yeah. a skater. And once you hit that, it's like, fuck, I have actually achieved something here. This is, you know, I've done something and. It does propel you onto the next level, you know. It makes you, it intrigues you more because now, what's what's the tray flipping guns, mate? You know what I mean. But that's the next trick trick for you to learn in guns, yeah. Is to hit a tray or to hit something else that feels kind of cool but new um, that you've been working on for a while, and it finally just 
penny drops, you know, it just finally clicks. Yeah, that's it. And I think it's one of those things as well where, you know, you watch some videos and you see people with all the gear and the, and the experience to go with it. And you're kind of like, fuck, can I even replicate something like that? And when you kind of, you know, do it, it's nice. So it's going to have to see if I can do some longer shots and just more precise shots, mate. You know what I really like in, you know, the the guys and girls that are doing gun shit on Instagram and showing you their setups and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Is how proficient they are with their hands with the gun. That's that's what impresses nice. me. You know, I really I really respect someone that can cuz you know, I'm sure that's not I've never, you know, opened up a gun mate and taken it apart and all that sort of shit, but yeah. I imagine it's pretty it's probably difficult. It's probably not as easy as you fucking think it is. And the speed in which those people can do it and put things together and just you know, uh, you know, change their magazine, you know, everything, you know, I just think it's it's cool. And some holding a gun in a safe manner, you know, like just yeah, it's like no, I'm in command of this thing. This is I'm not. This gun isn't resting in my arms. I'm fucking holding this gun, you know. Yeah, I I really I kind of respect that because you can see that someone's dedicated. It's like seeing someone on a skateboard, mate. Yeah, rolling, rolling towards some little bumps, you know, the blind bumps at the, um, you know, a, a crossing or anything like that, and you know, so, you know, someone's not going to get over them. You can just tell if they're rolling twenty meters down the road and they're just about to hit some of those, a little, you know, a little bump yeah. in the in the in the pavement. You can tell the people that are going to uh, eat eat shit from that. It's like you oh, are yeah. just riding that all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like your weight is just ready to be propelled off of that board. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's the same thing with guns. You know, you can see the people that are kind of in command of that thing. And some people, like we said before about at the weddings, when they fucking fire the AK-47 yep. yeah, that person is not in control of that gun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think uh, a lot of it's down to experience and how much, how aware you are and um, how confident you are as well. Like, you know, when you go to the gun club, sometimes you'll get people going, oh, can I, can I hold that? Yeah, you know, whatever. And the, the watching someone else who's vastly experienced, the way they're picking something up and it, you know, they're waving it around, but it's not in anywhere that you, it's not in any unsafe manner at all. You know, you kind of learn more, and then you you find yourself being more confident, not second guessing yourself, sort of thing. And uh, it's really quite nice when you kind of get get better at it. Like there, met, met a guy last week. There I had a guy on his gun. I put it up and. It was really nice, and uh, I was able to shoot it pretty well because I've been practicing doing a lot of stand and shooting and not resting as well. So I was able to hit the targets, and he was quite impressed because he wasn't sure if he could do it. And just the way I was holding his gun as well, uh, I see a lot of people, they give it the old clamp around the end of the gun with the hand. And a bit more of like an operator move, you know, you can really point the gun around, and I kind of did that on his gun because I've never had the chance to do it, but been wanting to utilize that sort of point in method. And uh, he come back, he was at the range yesterday, and he was going, oh, I was watching you grab it at the front, and I've never done that. And he'd changed his grip and was so much better for it. And I didn't tell him that. I just had a little... And he saw me try something different, so I kind of questioned what he was doing. Uh, that's got- It's really funny, mate. And that is, you know, again, that has parallels to skating, mate. Because yeah. you could just see someone as like, you put your foot there for that trick. And yeah. it just, and it's like, well, I'll give it a go. And you might be able to find, you know, you, you might not go with it, but it might still help you with your trick. You might go, 
well, I, I can see why they're doing it, but it kind of stops you from doing this part of the trick. So it, I'm not going to go with it, but at least yep. I might be able to take a little angle out of it or something like that. Yeah, that's cool. So, uh, going to something else, but staying in the same realm. I was talking not too long ago about, um, I've got myself in a little course next weekend called the Maple Seed Project. They do the same thing in America. It's called like the Apple Seed Project or something like that. And it's basically just like a bastardized version of a rifleman course in the military. So um, these people, have the Maple Seed one, they've got their own and we'll do a day of shooting about 400 shots and really teaching you how to shoot standing, at, standing lying down, kneeling, using a uh, strap on a gun and just kind of getting that techniques down, which would be really interesting, especially being new. And what they do at the end or throughout the day, you shoot this qualification. You can fail. You don't actually fail the course, but you fail the fail the scoring board. And if you get on the top, top, top score, you can uh, get yourself a little patch, a little rifleman patch, which is apparently extremely rare that people get this. I don't know anyone who's got this. Most of these guys who have got $1,000 gun, $1,000 scope for their 22s haven't got it. And they've you know, been shooting for 40-odd years. But um, I've got a, got a practice of the test. Some of these guys have been practicing because they've been there and done it a few times and they've got their own sheets. So I'll just give you an idea, but we've got you know, a four or five-inch target here. This is what you'd start on. and do 10 shots standing up. And you've got two minutes. And then the second one is you've got two magazines, one with two in it and one with eight in it. And you've got two targets. You've got to put five in each. And you've got uh, 60, 55 seconds, which is not that long. You're doing this kneeling as well, by the way, this one. When you're changing a mag and trying to be accurate. And counting because you could go you go one two change three four five one two three four five and you don't want to fuck up and put six and four or something like that because i don't know how they'd mark that this one is prone so you're laying down it's like three three four and you do a mag magazine change in that one and this one is 10 shots one mag and you have five minutes and it's two shots two shots three shots three shots Nice. Um, the sheet that you're holding up there, Will, with the targets on it. Will's yeah. hitting. This is your sheet, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Will's pretty fucking, <laughs> pretty decent on all of them. That, you, that most of them, mate, have got a very, very close to the to the bullseye on there. Very close. So I've been pra- I've been practicing. I've been practicing. Yeah, it looks, mate. It looks good. It looks good. So every score you can get fifty. Out of each one, except for the last one, you can get 100 on. So instead of it being a 3, 4, 5 for the bullseye sort of thing, it's a 6, 7, or 6, 8, and 10. Um, the highest score you can get out of the whole thing is 250. That's if you was bullseye everything, no miss. To get the rifleman's patch, you've got to get 210 out of 250. 
and I haven't been able to hit two, anything above 200 yet. But I haven't had these techniques as well, and I've only done about two a day just so I'm overloading it. Because you get tired the more you do it as well, so you'd end up getting worse. But this one, this is 196, so not that's, too far away. Mate, that's really close. That's not far away. That's really close. And I've been met, I've met people who have failed, which is shooting under 125. So they've done the course and they failed. And they're using a, a gun that the course provides, which some people might not say is as good, but it's double the price of my 22. So... You know, I'm, I'm happy with happy with what I'm doing so far, mate. Too right, mate. That's that's close. Have you got a speciality in in the standing kneeling? And is it lying down the last the last one? Yeah, the last have, two. Are, are you better at one? Is it or have you got a weakness? Would you say you'd you need to work so, on one of them over the standing up? Two is probably one of the harder ones because you've got no support except for your arms, but you've got the biggest target. So you normally can get away with that. Sometimes you'll have one that flies out, gives you a little bit of a lower score. A lot of the problem is taking your time in that time frame. The first one, you got two minutes. The last one, you got five. I've never had a problem with the first or last one. 55 and 65, you're wanting to take your time because they're medium-sized targets. So you really do need to pay a little bit of attention. But 55 seconds goes fucking quick when you're changing a magazine. <laughs> I can imagine. And sometimes and it... you'll go for that third shot and it clicks and you're such in the zone that you think you've had a misfire and there's just no fucking bullets in there. Because I'm not used oh. to mag changing all the time. Oh, man. So you definitely, if, if that happened to you, you'd be fucked. You wouldn't, there would be no time for you to kind of get something else in there or whatever you know what i mean i'm pretty sure that's it you know they'll when yeah. the time is done that's it but i've just been kind of putting my phone phone timer on and going and if the alarm goes off i've run out of time and i've still carried on but i've been noting the time every time i do it so and, and being on your knees mate it, it, like how stable is that because obviously well, it, been... it probably fi- feels fairly stable because you're a bit low and you can probably but you're still kind of vertical so it might be yeah. you still got a wobble in you surely so definitely more stable than standing, but I haven't done the course and it says sitting stroke kneeling. So probably kind of what's more comfortable for you. Oh, you could sit, you could just sit in your ass and do it. Yeah. But wow. obviously when you're just sitting down, you know, I don't know how much you can use your elbows on your knees and stuff like that. Oh, I I've see. been That's... kind of doing the front kneel down with my elbow on the on the thing and kind of sitting on my back foot on my toes. Yeah, like a classic yeah, like a classic yeah. pose. Yeah, exactly. Where some people have been doing kind of sitting on your ass but feet up, like le- legs up. Right. There's surely no one's sitting on their ass with their legs out. Like I haven't seen of those yet. That would be <laughs> So are you sure <laughs> I'm not sure if that technique is uh, yeah. the one to use. Just literally like sitting like a fucking t- three-year-old, legs out, <laughs> holding a gun. Ro- like obviously you'll be rocking back probably as well every time you're shooting or something. I yeah. Don't know. <laughs> um. So yeah, it's a funny one. Prone, you're definitely probably the most accurate, but 
you're really heavy on your elbows. Both of them. So it's almost like doing some weird plank mixed with like a downwards dog, like your belly's on the ground, but your shoulders are up and you're looking through. So you are using uh, back muscles and core muscles, which can get a bit tiring. I can imagine because you're not, you're, yeah, you're not going to be, um, obviously you are laying down, but like yeah. you said, you're not, you're not actually laying, are you? You're kind of... It's not like you're, you're like you're flat, primed. flat, you know, you've got... Yeah, you're you're almost going to have to stiffen up. It's you know, it's like if you hold hold a weight in front of you and you kind of clasp, you know, clasp a weight in front of you. Everything, if you hold that properly, you should be hitting, you know, ev- all yep. the muscles around it. It shouldn't just be your arms that are taking the load. It should be everything engaging in the kind of squeeze of the of the weight. And it's the same thing as a gun. Surely you're kind of you've got to be you've got to be holding the gun. You have to you have to be the yes, the you know what what would you call it? Like the the gimbal of the gun, if you will. You're still yeah. Even more to go with that one. So on the prone, I've got one that I was doing yesterday. And I kind of taught, not that one, kind of taught myself something a bit. Here we go. So a couple days ago, I was practicing a lot. And on this one, most of my shots all around the board were going high right. So um, I was thinking, oh fuck! It must be the must be the scope. It's got to be the gun. It's not me. Can't be you, mate. It can't be you. <laughs> can't be me. You know, <laughs> I sight if he's done in at the same distance on a on my rest pad, and I'm hitting the bullseye every go. Like, you know, I'm hitting hitting a a small mark. So, yeah, I went back. I'm hitting the bullseye again. So, all right, it's not the gun. What the fuck is it? There's some good old boys there who have been in the army and been shooting their whole life. And you'll hear a lot of techniques in that here, here and there. So, one of the techniques he told me was, if you think you're missing, load your gun without a bullet and shoot it and pay attention to the your crosshairs so i'm shooting it i'm looking down i've got really on a small target so my cross is on a small target and uh i dry fire and then every time i dry fire on this gun so let's say i'm pointing it right at you and i go like that after i shoot click if that makes sense yeah 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 and then every t- and then I referenced it with my target, and I would shoot, and it would go straight that way, where I, exactly where I was hitting. So on my 17 HMR, I got an upgraded trigger. So on this thing, when this is loaded, nothing moves. It is so sensitive. I don't have that problem with this. So my technique on this is because I'm hooking it as well, I've got a prop, proper hook on it. If I just go like this and squeeze it every time, it is going that way, the tiniest bit. That finger is in pulling it and how I'm just gripping it. If you just squeeze it, it's going to go that way. So I spent a lot of time dry firing it and pulling it until I could find a technique where I'm shooting it and nothing's moving. 
And is that how most people would do it, mate? Or would or would a lot of people customise the trigger? You know, what what is kind of like the standard way of learning how to shoot a gun? Would would you still just have to develop your you know your stance and? If you're shooting competitions and targets all the time, you are gonna have a, a competition style gun or trigger, which will be an upgraded one, a two stage one, or an act a, a lightweight trigger. And you're never gonna a lightweight trigger will. It will guaranteed to make you better at precision targeting. But there are going to be those people that none of it matters. You know, you're going to have a pro turn up at a skate park on a fucking Argos board. It don't really matter. Might be slow and shitty, but he's still got everything. Sometimes it's making a big deal, though. You know what I'm saying? The board will really make a difference. Even just being aware that I was doing that. And it's it's called I'm pulling. I'm pulling to the right so just me kind of having that light bulb moment of why the fuck is this going that way i am not aiming there <laughs> and if i aim at a target that big when i'm not lying down on a rest it's, it's nailing it well it's obviously the operator error there mm. and just figure, figuring it out and being aware changed the game instantly for the next next round yeah, and also it's showing that you you can kind of break down where you're at look yeah. at you know look at your technique and go like no i can i can adjust i'm not just i'm not being passive here i can i can change my fucking game here and just think about it just think about if if the shot isn't right and you think everything should be right look at it again same as skating right same sometimes you could be you know you haven't hit a trick for a while and you're a bit sloppier it's not hitting the yeah. same way so then you've got to find that foot placement again you need to go back because you might have been putting it down naturally easy but then you haven't been there for so long it's like, where the fuck did I put my foot? You know, like, for example, in the top of my head right now, I can't remember if I'd be able to, for like a, um, a fakey um, half cab heel, right? Yeah. I can't remember, because, you know, I can kit them, but I'm scared of those tricks, mate, because they're a credit card, motherfucker. They, they do, they do credit card. Yeah. If you want to really ping one, they do credit card you. So I don't like oh, them. Yeah. But they feel great. They're a great trick, and I love anyone who does them. But I can't remember if I had my foot lower down or higher up in the end. Do you know what I mean? Obviously, you'd always do lower originally just to help yourself get the board around and everything. But I had a funny feeling I might have had it, you know, Mark Baines did it a little bit and put it a little bit higher up, you know, just so it's yeah. easy. You've got more control on the turn, and hopefully the flip will just take care Guaranteeing of itself. Guaranteeing more of that, yeah. But maybe I'm just thinking that because that would save a credit card more often as well. The higher, you're, the higher your foot is up on the board, the less likely you're going to get credit carded. So, like, what I'm saying is, I wouldn't be able to tell you right now, off top of my head, yeah. what foot position I'd need to be in for that trick, even though I've done it plenty of times. And I tell you what, mate, it's funny hearing you say that, because for backsidey heel, half-cabby heel stuff, my mind goes on the, what angle do I put my heel flip on? Because for, for the front side variations, I know that angle. For the backside, it's just that little bit different, or I watch people do it differently. So I'm more like, ah, oh, it's my foot allowing me to turn that backside but yeah you, that's exactly it mate it's really refining what you're doing and figuring out why you're doing that because if you don't kind of condition yourself now with this little trait you found mate you need to you know you need to address this because, yeah and if you hit it you know address it and keep on top of it for a, you know six months you'll probably just that will turn into your natural position yeah. But if you kind of just play with it a little bit and then let it go, you know, if you tried it the same test again two years down the line, you might be doing the same thing. Yeah. So it's, you need to kind of address it. It's like, no, that is a sloppy way of doing a X, you know. 
And you'll get some people who are going, new trigger, put a new trigger on it. You got a cheap trigger on it, which quite rightly so. But it doesn't mean that you just can't work around it. You know, there'll be some people who will just have bog standard cheap gun. They're on a farm or something. They haven't even got a scope on it. And it don't matter. They've just shot it for thousands and thousands, tens and tens of thousands of rounds. And they've just got that fucker dialed. You know, it's like... Mate, you can kickflip on a fucking penny board. Yeah. Might not be the greatest kickflip of all time, but... I mean, talking about that, have you seen the Skate Mafia boys on their mini boards? That they've been oh, God. With? Fucking see, hell, uh, mate. TJ was skating. Yeah. Their board and recently. Uh, Carlos... Um, not Carlos Ribeiro. Um, was it Gustavo? Yeah. Someone that. in the barracks. The, the Cariuma skater. Yeah, um, Gustavo, Gustavo. Gustavo, yeah, yeah. He was fucking unreal on it, mate. It was crazy seeing someone that good on that small board. Well, like, I'm sure you could... Is it, is it, was it Chris Cole who did it ages ago in the warehouse? It's unreal what people can do on those things. Yeah, so how are you tray flipping that normally? I don't... I, don't, I can't so figure that, it out. That, uh, TJ, he did like a gap tray flip Manny sort of thing. It was just fucking... You know, you you got to watch it a few times to be like, what is it? What's going on? Because it's not easy. It's no. like I mean, you must have skated them as well, mate. I remember of uh, one of my one of my mates' little brother had one, and he'd come and skate Botley with us occasionally. So we'd have one in the streets with us, you know. Yeah, yeah. And you might, yeah, you get a kickflip, but everything else just starts turning to shit. Like even doing a fifty-fifty on it is awkward, mate. On a curb, it's not nice because yeah, you just feel like it's going to ride. You, you know, you're going to scrape too much it's going to ride over your fucking foot and then scrape down your yeah, <laughs> yeah. shin or your I'll leg or something over, yeah. <laughs> yeah which ha- you know does happen quite a lot with those little boards so to see someone like doing fakie flips that are <laughs> waist height it's yeah how how so a lot of the time we'll refer back to my target with all the circles on it so every gun will be different on what ammunition you're putting it through it and the weight of that ammunition so I got, normally I'm buying this bulk ammo, it's made by Federal. It's a hollow point, comes in like 300 or 500 buck, uh, round boxes for an all right price. So all those things, you normally go along and I'll shoot like groups of threes, groups of fours or groups of fives. And you'll do that for like four or five targets, right? And all of those will be like this far apart. And I'll be aiming in the eggs. So what you do when you're shooting groups, regardless of how true it is to zero, you just aim for the center of the target, put in your five shots, move across, center of the target. And you do this on a rest. So there is less human error as possible because you're just trying to find out what works best. And half the time, every like 10 shots, wasting a bullet, it's not even firing. It's uh, not even going off. And it's really inconsistent. And I go buy these other bullets, and they're round nose, they're solid, bullets, not hollow points. Uh, same, same brand, mate, or a different brand? What are we talking about? Different brand. So I'm going on to like a CCI now, and the weight's different. So my gun doesn't really like these. this weighted bullet. This weighted bullet is 32 grain. Now, let's uh, make this easy. A pellet is 4.5 grains. So, uh, and a plastic BB is probably like two or three grains. 
So this is 32 grains. So it's got a bit of weight to it. You know, if you're pulling it up in your hand, it's, it's got weight to it. And the other ones are 40 grains. So not too much more difference. But the weight of it, I don't really get any failures with a 40 grain bullet. So someone suggested that to me, try 40 grain. Because I was going, oh, fuck this ammo shit today. So, so mate, is that, a th- is that a thing as well that you would pick you'd pick a grain of bullet that suits you. Is that a thing? 100%. Right. There might only be three variants of that grain. And that that has been channeled down through the hundreds of years this bullet's been used, right? Because every barrel for a rifle will have rifle in it. What you're saying, mate, if say say that particular bullet we're talking about might have yeah. three it might have a twenty five grain, a thirty five and a forty five. Is that is that kind of what you're saying? That they've got a few different But, but you know, within within reason, yeah. But they wouldn't have twenty different grains of one bullet. Not not likely. So it's so it's more it's kinda of like boards as well, or truck sizes or wheel sizes. There's a certain there's a certain parameter that people are just gonna pick. You know, Yeah, and a, things a, a gonna re- work better for different situations. And different guns? Of course. You know, you got your vert boards, you got your street boards, you got your freestyle boards, you got your wide boards, your skinny boards for your fast flipping or your extra yeah. flips, your fat boards for your slow flips. You know, soft wheels, hard wheels. If you if you're hunting, hollow points. If you're targeting, you'd want that to be solid. You'd want a full full point on it. You're going to get a lot more accuracy. Lighter bullets go quicker. They're going to go faster. Which also means speed means penetration. If you want to go through a target or through a penny or through a, a body, you want a solid pointed tip. If you want it to stop inside something, like you're hunting, you're killing something, you want it to hit it and stay inside. You don't just want a clean little hole for it. You want it to hit it. And if it's a hollow point, it's going to deform and open up and create more damage. So, so, for example, if if you're shooting, uh, uh, hunting a deer, mate, yeah, and you're, you've got a pointed tip. I mean, do hunters use pointed tips at all, or is it no, no good. pretty blunt ones? So, would they would they just fire through the animal and possibly not kill it? Is that is that what we're talking here? That you you want to guarantee the kill, and if something if it's not even if it goes through something pretty you know decent area, it still might kill it, or it might be able to run away and die, and you won't be able to find the animal or something. Is that what we're talking? Obviously, with hunting, you want it to be as as clean and as quick as possible. So, in some places, it would be illegal to shoot a deer with just a solid pointed-tipped bullet. Because, yeah, it's going to go straight through that guy. It's definitely not going to stop him unless it hits, like, every bone. And it's not going to kill him instantly. It's going to take him a while to bleed out. You, What you, they would do, this is... Not what it is, but you can get a hollow tip with a plastic or polymer tip on the top to help it fly straight and do its thing. But as soon as it hits something, it's going to turn into dust. Yeah. So it's just for aerodynamics. Exactly. And uh, so, yeah, in a lot of places, it's illegal or unconventional to do that because... It's not designed to do that. A hollow point is going to open up. It's going to stop. It's going to expand. It's going to break apart. Staying in that, creating a bigger wound instantly, kind of hoping to put put whatever you're shooting down. Crazy thing is, let's go into the Geneva Convention, mate. 
and swap it to if we're hunting humans in the army. Obviously, you're not hunting. You're defending. You're doing whatever. So let's say you're you're in war. You're shooting someone. In the Geneva Convention, you can't shoot someone with a hollow point because you're going to fuck them up or whatever. They would rather you shoot someone with a, a hollow point to go through them because if that person does survive, you've got more chance of that person surviving yeah. and being fixed medically. It's, it's kind so, of like the bayonet law. They banned bayonets with twisted or free-bladed ones because you can't stitch them up. So regardless if you've got someone good or not, they'll die of infection. So it's kind of like... But if it's an animal, that's fine because you actually want it to die straight away. Yeah. How funny is that? It's And it's so weird, but it's, it's even weird that you're saying it as well, mate. You know, G- Geneva Convention. Uh, like, you know, we, we've given it authority. You know what I mean? Everyone's given this authority to say they can pick how wars are fucking <laughs> played out. So they yeah, can't kill someone twice, like that. Yeah. yeah, you can't kill someone like that, mate. You can't <laughs> kill them like that. No, that's, ba- that's bang out of order, mate. You, you can kill them like this. This yeah. is, you know, this is this is all right, and then we're not taking a piss out of them. But you can't. That's a little bit nasty. How you doing that? So don't kill them like that. Just kill them like this. What the fuck? It's so, and you know, obviously with Ukraine and Russia and everything happening, there's, you know, oh, we can't use that. Russia's using cluster bombs. You know, we can't use a cluster bomb, but normal normal bombs are okay. It's, it's such yeah. a funny thing, but. I guess it's good as well, you know, because otherwise you'd be having chemical warfare and everything going on and the world would just die. It, it would. It would die pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, chemical warfare, that's it. It's done. But God. everyone has all these tech, you know, we, well, everyone has them all for last resorts. And if you're a police, not so much in England, but maybe in England, mate, as well, I wouldn't be surprised, depending on where you live and depending on the states, some places in America you know, wherever in the world, they'll use hollow points defensively. So, in, in, you know, in in your service pistol, you've got hollow points. Because if you've got to shoot someone, you pro- you know, you, you've got to do it for a reason. A lot of the time in America, England's different. You know, they're not shooting someone to potentially just just wound them and put them down. They're doing it to, to put someone down to protect themselves. You know, someone's shooting at you. The last thing you want to do is have them like hobbling about, still trying to shoot you. Obviously, in England, they do a lot of shoot to wound, and I think it's different. You know, different scenarios for different opportunities as well, mate. Sometimes it might be a easier or best decision to just shoot someone in the foot. But yeah, mate, every all of those scenarios, you, that that's you'd have to talk about every single different scenario for what situation is to what the fucking right thing to do is. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. We're not saying putting someone down, putting the gun, you know, bullet through someone's head in every situation. But there might yeah, be one where you've, in a school or something, you might have to do it. You know? Yeah, you, you know, you might have to put someone down because that person may have a gun or multiple weapons and just continue, you know. Or yeah, they might have already might... gunned down 10 people, mate. Yeah, same And they're in, ready to gun know, down another 100. In England or anywhere in the world with terrorist attacks, you know, you don't know what someone is capable of or what, what they're doing if you just oh you know we've got his gun he's fine you know he might have a bomb he might have another gun you know sometimes they just gotta turn people off straight away <laughs> yeah unfortunately but that's yeah that is the way it goes really so yeah every every bullet 
every scenario, mate, it's going to be different. Every gun, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna have different accuracies and stuff. So, a lot of people for hunting, they'll, you know, they'll have a specific grain, and then, so what we'll do is, you, there's a grain of powder amount inside a bullet. I don't normally think about it because I normally shoot in the same sort of powdered weight, but. Different powder will produce different speeds, etc., which is going to make a bullet travel faster or longer or more accurately, depending on your gun. So, a lot of people who reload will reload to have a specific bullet, specific bullet weight, specific powder amount, and they will make, you know, 10 of each and then they'll go take it to the range and see which one is the most accurate. So when they go out and shoot a deer or shoot targets or whatever they're doing, they are guaranteeing it be as less of an effort as possible. If you're buying a hundred bullets off of a company, some of them, you know, you don't, you can't guarantee that it's been factory made or handmade exactly. Well, if you're doing it yourself, you've guaranteed that. There's not going to be right. one bullet that someone might have sneezed in and they put half a grain more or less in there. So the, the grain, does that mean the amount of powder that's in it? So the grain is for the bullet weight and the powder weight, yeah. Nice. So there can, be a, there can be a big difference. And you can have uh, some bullets that are way more capable than others. The new gun you got, mate, is that is it called the Crusader? No, it is called a Savage. So I don't, we don't have a picture of that one. It is a Savage B-17. Savage B-17. And it is chambered in 17 HMR. Because I was going to get a 17 that had that wooden stock, which I put in the chat. Really nice looking. Had kind of like the wooden ply, almost like a skateboard ply sort of thing. But um, it was a different model, same brand than the one I've got. And it just didn't quite work as uh, as nicely as this one did, mate. It had a older older system in there and it just didn't feel quite as nice like it looked better but it didn't act better and uh for a tiny bit more i did really good should we leave it there mate for the yeah. for buck bills gun yeah. club if you will yeah <laughs> <laughs> and we'll um yeah well this this will be the first of many mate surely if, uh... well uh maybe um after next weekend mate you know we'll see how well i did on my little rifle course there there you go well, yeah, it'll be episode two out. of. Uh, we'll figure out a name for you, mate. Catchy name. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Nice one.